Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So on this podcast, we're going to dive a little bit more into my uh, music arrangement theory. Um... There's, there's a couple um, schools of thought out there, but I feel like this is not really laid out anywhere. For some reason, arrangement, there's not that much online about it. And if, if there is, it's, it's not really covering the idea of what parts have what job. Um, so I know I mentioned this in a previous podcast and in previous blogs, but... Um, it was sort of in passing while talking about something else. So I wanted to take a podcast to sort of dive in and talk about the different parts um, as I see it and uh, what, what what they all look like and, and why, why I, I think they're helpful. So um, the first part that I've mentioned before is what I call the main now, the main is usually a single instrument. Um, and the reason that this is important is this is the instrument that you're usually going to mix first. Because it's the main instrument, it's the one that you want to sound exactly as it should sound. It's not sort of a fringe puzzle piece to sort of make this picture. It's the center. It's the, it's, it's the main it's the main instrument that needs to really shine. Um, now, the way I think about, uh, okay, what is the main instrument is usually um, if, if you're going to have a solo show or you do this song acoustically without the rest of your band, um, what is the instrument that you're taking on stage for this song? And most of the time, that's going to be the main instrument. If your song opens with a piano riff or a piano intro, and then piano is throughout the song, that's probably your main instrument. If you open with acoustic guitar, that's probably your main instrument. So it's not always going to be that, because there are exceptions. For example, in a lot of rock music, I would argue that the that the main guitars, the main electric guitars, you know, say there's power chords in the chorus and that's sort of the the main thing you hear in the chorus is those power chords then i would argue that that is sometimes the main instrument if if this song doesn't really have an acoustic guitar beginning it's just like power chords from the start or from the start it's sort of this guitar riff that then morphs into power chords in the chorus in that case i would consider those your main instruments because if you were on stage was the one main thing you're going to play uh, if you only have access to one instrument, it's probably that electric guitar so that you can play that riff and so that you can do whatever the riff slash power chords are during the chorus. So that's your main instrument in that case. So again, the, the, the real importance to me of this main instrument is this is what I'm going to mix first. I'm going to mix it so that this instrument shines because it's the main one, right? It's in, 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 a, in a show or in a movie, you want the main character to shine, right? It's usually not going to be be a good thing for your movie if your main character is boring. 
or if your main character doesn't sort of stick out in a good way. You want your main character to be memorable. You want it to, to shine. And it's no different with your instruments. And again, for clarity, the main is never going to be, unless maybe it's an acapella song, but besides that, it's never going to be the vocal. That's not, that's, vocal's totally separate thing. We're talking about the arrangement that's behind the vocal. You know, everything else besides the vocal. So this main is going to be an instrument, a non-vocal instrument. And what main is a part of is then this next part we're going to talk about, which is the body. Think of the body as sort of the main cast in your movie, if your song was a movie. So these these are the you know four to six instruments that are just core to what this song is. And the way to think of this is if you have a four to six piece band and you're playing it live, these are the parts that are going to be played. Because at the end of the day, a full arrangement that um, you're going to record, you probably are going to have up to, you know, 20, 30 tracks all playing at the same time. You don't have 20, 30 people to play those parts, though. And that's fine, because a lot of those are some of the other parts we're going to talk about that aren't really necessary. They just sort of fill in the mix and they sort of add some intrigue that that some of that is not really necessary for live. Um, it might even get too muddy live. So the, your body is is sort of that main cast, you know, those four to six just main actors, if you will, or main um, instruments slash instrument parts that make up what is truly important in this song. The stuff that when you strip away all the other stuff, the stuff that when you're playing live with your band, you're still going to play that. And I would include the main instrument in this body. So for example, with, say, a sort of pop rock song, or, you know, like a Coldplay song. Your average Coldplay song, I would call, um, and let's talk older school Coldplay, not the new all-electric stuff. Um, but back in the day, you know, with clocks and yellow and all that stuff, most of their songs, the main instrument would have been the piano because it usually opens with the piano riff and the piano is throughout the song. It might get slightly drowned out in the chorus or be more in the background in the chorus because there's actually other instruments. But um, the, the piano is, is still the, the, the heart of it. You know, if, if the lead singer came out and just played clocks acoustically, he would sit at the piano and play clocks and you know what? You wouldn't be missing that much. So that's the main instrument, the piano in that case. Um... But then, so so that's so that's a part of the body, right? Because that's arguably the the most important part of the body. But then, if you're gonna look back at your band, so you're like, okay, in this Coldplay esque band, we have the piano, which for some songs is gonna be the main. Um, what 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 else is a part of the body? Well, the part of the body is usually gonna have one or two guitars, bass and drums. Bass and drums are basically always going to be a part of the body. And guitars, or at least some guitars, will be as well. You usually will have guitars in the body as well as some of the other parts we're going to talk about. But usually you only have one bass part, right? It's, it would be pretty weird to have a couple bass uh, parts. And I'm sure it's happened plenty of times. But for the mo the vast majority of music that we listen to, there's, there's one bass part. There's a bass. So that's going to be a part of your body. And then 
the drums, the, the whole drum kit is going to be a part of the body. And the rest is going to be filled in by probably guitars. Um, there are exceptions to this, but for the most part, if you think of the body of a band, it's, it's, it's going to be drums, bass, um, you know, a rhythm guitar, a lead guitar, and a piano if you have one, or an acoustic guitar if you have one. Maybe the rhythm guitar in your band is acoustic, and the lead guitar is electric. So, you know, you're, you're, if you think of your average four-piece bands, it's usually what? Like, a lead singer slash acoustic guitar player, and then a lead guitar player who's playing electric, and then a, a drummer and, and a, a bass guitarist. You know, sometimes the lead singer also plays piano. Or, you know, sometimes you might have a lead singer that only plays piano and then the guitarist swaps between acoustic and electric guitar. Or, you know, in a five or a six piece band, you might have, you know, two sort of lead guitarists or two committed to electric guitar guitarists. And then your lead singer will sometimes have electric guitar as well. And there will be three of them. Or sometimes he'll, he'll be on, on acoustic guitar or sometimes piano. And you're still probably going to have bass and drums. So your body is really what this is. Whatever your ideal band is or whatever your actual band is, what parts are you actually going to be playing? And the reason this is important is when mixing, you really want to make it so that the main parts that are heard are these parts of the body because that's what people are going to hear live. If you have a really memorable solo but you don't consider it a part of the body and it's not something that's going to get played live, like... when people hear it live, they're going to be like, well, where's the solo? And, and, and the goal of this, right, is, is that any instrument not in the body, any instrument that you're not going to play live in the case of playing with a full band, people aren't like, wait, where's that one part? So all the, all the parts that they might miss are probably going to be a part of the body. So a second part that is also a part of the body is usually, um, is leads. Now you could consider a vocal, a lead. In this case, again, I consider a vocal, a whole separate thing. Like we all, we all know, or you should know that the vocal is the star of the show. So we don't really need to think about that for arrangement. Like we know that sits on top of the whole mix. There's the vocal and then there's the whole rest of the mix, or at least you should have a perspective sort of like that. Um, for me, I even split, I, I've talked about this before, but when I'm, when I'm mixing, when I'm arranging, I, I mean, like sometimes I make a full almost mix of the whole rest of the song before I even start with vocals. And then that's almost like a whole second mix now where, you know, trying to get the chorus vocal to, to, to sound bigger than the verse vocal and the little tricks you can do and some of the effects you can put on your voice, just tons of stuff. Because at the end of the day, the vocal is the most important. And lots of times, your song is going to live and die with the vocal. If the vocal doesn't sound good, nobody's going to give a crap. And if the vocal does sound good, even if the rest doesn't sound that great, people might still really like it. Um, so anyway, so I'm not really counting the uh, vocal as part of the leads in this case. But I define a lead as really any part that's that's acting as a lead. In a, so it's usually melodic. So usually any part that is doing a sort of melody is going to be a lead. Now, obviously vocal by that definition does apply. So again, you can consider it in here. doesn't really matter. 
Um, but like a lead guitar part, right? So say in the bridge, you have a nice little guitar solo. Those are usually pretty melodic. They're, they, they stick out. They're sort of as, you know, it's called lead guitar for a reason. So most often your leads are going to be electric guitar. Now, obviously, like everything else is exceptions to this. Maybe you have a lead acoustic guitar. Maybe you have a lead piano who you do piano solos in, in, in the bridge. I don't know. Um, whatever that is, whatever those parts are, those are your leads. If it's, if it's, think of it like this. If it's something that you think somebody might hum, you know, they're sitting in the car and they just sort of hum it, that's probably a lead. And a lead is also going to be a part of the body. So, so really we have the body and within the body we have a main, a singular, usually main, and then a singular or maybe a couple leads. So these are important because they sort of have a have a a different job in a mix, right? They're they're meant to sort of be the star of the show for the time that they are being leads. Um, so you know when the guitar solo comes up, you know usually there's no vocal at that point. So the the that that guitar almost takes over as that 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 leader of the song, that main part of the song because there's no vocal right now. So maybe put that right in the middle and just here. Here's the main thing to remember from this part. So that's sort of the job of a of a lead. Think of this as like the the big star in a movie, right? Like they're they're meant to be able to carry at least a portion of the load of the movie. Where like if everything else is just kind of in a movie, in theory, a star will make it good. Um. So that's sort of what a lead is, and, and the job of a lead. Um. And again, leads and the main, I would argue, are part of this body. The, the body being sort of the, the main cast. Now, there can be... I would argue the main is always a part of the body. Uh, you could have leads outside of the body. I think that's a dangerous game to play, though, because, you know, if, if there's a lead that people find particularly memorable and then they are waiting for it in the song that they're hearing live and then it never comes, it's going to be a disappointment. Uh, so that's a dangerous game to play. But, all right, to me, what we've covered so far is what... Whenever I've heard any album ever by local bands, by local artists, really low budget stuff, everybody has what I just explained. They might not have seen something as a main instrument and therefore that main instrument suffered in my mind. Um, but I, I, I remember when I was younger, I'm like, okay, I know there's something that I can do even in this dorm room because when I recorded up my first album, we were in a dorm room actually. Because I was in college, um, so there's a way I, sh I should be able to at home and in my dorm make something that sounds more professional. And I couldn't figure out why the mixes of local bands and stuff always sounded sort of empty and just it's just missing something. It was just really obvious right away, like oh, this is a local band, this isn't a professional album, and I couldn't figure out what that was. Um, but I have since figured that out. And to me, these next two parts are really what, besides, you know, great mixing, just great mixing in the professional albums. Besides that, um, the existence of these next two parts is really what separates something sounding novice and something sounding like you just ran into the studio. We're like, all right, quick, let's get this song down and then move on. Cause the studio costs a lot of money. 
and what sounds like you had all the time in the world to produce your album, and it sounds full and it sounds good. Um, and the first one is what I call filler. So think of these like side characters. These are the characters in the movie that aren't like necessary, right? Like they're not part of the main cast, but you know they they might add some comic relief. They might they might they sort of just fill in the cast. So uh, for example, if you've ever watched The Office, I would consider in, in this analogy, right? So the body, that main cast, um, to me, that's that's you know Dwight, Jim. Pam, and then obviously Michael Scott. So that's that's your body, if you will. That's the main band. Those are the characters that really have character growth. Those are the characters that you're meant to really care about. And I would argue, argue then the filler characters are sort of the the Angelas and Andy for a good part. There's a sort of point where Andy almost becomes part of that, that body, that main cast, a little more so. But, uh, you know, the Stanleys the 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 Ryans, um, sort sort of those characters that that sort of can be a butt of a joke or can 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 do a joke, but for the most part, you know the, their character growth. Besides Angela, Angela shows a lot, but um, and, and Andy as well. But but some of those characters, right, are just sort of they're filler and they're there for a specific function. They're not really carrying the show, right? Like Creed, Creed doesn't carry The Office. But he is really funny, and every time something comes up with him, you're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. But he's sort of a filler. He sort of fills in the gaps, gives the scriptwriters more options. Um, because the other, those main four are who's really carrying the show. And so that's sort of what filler is. And I like to think of fillers as usually, usually they're just simple arpeggios and other simplistic parts. And they're mainly meant to, to fill in the mix. Um, a, a filler instrument is, is basically never going to be the kind of instrument that somebody's like, hmm, there's something missing when they hear it live. They might think something's missing if they hear a recording, but live it's so loud and the main parts predominate so much that you don't really miss filler parts. Filler parts are going to be basic arpeggios, basic little little riffs that aren't necessarily meant to be memorable. They're just sort of meant to figure out like, okay, what part in this song, like say, say you have a bunch of instruments sort of in the, the mid range. So you might want some higher parts to sort of fill in the mix because you have too much mid range stuff going on and then you have a bass. So, so you gotta sort of fill in the pitch spectrum, which I've talked about before. Uh, cause you don't want all your instruments just in one pitch range. So, you know, you might have a piano arpeggio that's a couple octaves up. And then you might have some acoustic arpeggios or acoustic guitar, mini little riffs that aren't really meant to be memorable per se, but are, are there to sort of fill in that mix. And that's sort of, sort of what filler stuff is. It makes it so the, the, the mix feels more full. And they're not really important parts as far as melodically. They're not very melodic usually because they're not meant to be a star. They're not meant to be something that you hum. They're sort of just meant to be something that fills in the mix. And then the last part is what I call atmospheres. So think of this like a pad. Think of atmospheres as like even more filler than filler. Because filler still is going to have distinct notes, like arpeggios, right? There's distinct notes. It might be C, G, C, 
distinct. You can sort of hear those notes. They still pop out. You're not paying attention to those because you're hearing the power chords and you're hearing the memorable acoustic guitar finger picking and you're hearing the vocal. But, you know, you, you could pick out these filler parts. There's not going to be anything particularly memorable usually, um, but you can pick them out. You can pick out the individual notes still even. But atmospheres are so in the background it's, it's, you wouldn't even pick it out, right? Atmospheres is like just the little subtle things that are in the setting of the movie or the show. You know, like, like that tree over there and other things that sort of make the world more believable. But it's subtle, right? Because when you're watching a show, you're watching, you know, the characters of the show and you pay attention to the setting a little bit. But for the most part, you know, if there's a, if there's a little animal in the background that's like, oh, oh, that's that's new, or in Star Wars, right? Like there might be a random new alien species in the background. You're not really paying attention to that unless it's your tenth time watching the movie. Then you might be like, oh, yeah, look at that, that's interesting. Um, but it sort of it sort of makes the whole worlds that they've built more realistic, right? Like, oh, it's 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 clearly Star Wars. I see an alien in the background. I'm watching Han Solo. I'm watching Luke Skywalker. I'm watching Obi Wan. Um, but, but, but all those little things in the background, I'm not necessarily paying attention to, but they make this world feel more real. And that's sort of the job of atmospheres too. I would say, think of atmospheres as something that if you removed all other instruments, but atmospheres, atmosphere just sort of creates a very reverby, very just echoey soundscape, um, where there aren't really individual notes that you're picking out or anything, you couldn't tell what chords were currently playing in the main song. You probably couldn't even tell what part of the main song we're on because it's all just sort of an atmosphere, a, a, a bed of, of tone that everything else is sitting on. So it's just that, that backdrop. Like think of it like, you know, ocean waves and then the drone of, of a synth sort of just way in the background that, you know, you're never like picking out like, oh, are there ocean waves in this song? Um, but, but it's sort of just there and, and, and the subtle ebb and flow of the waves somehow will get into your subconscious and, and sort of adds to the song. So if it's something about lost love at sea or something, it sort of just adds to that believability and adds to that, that, that feel that the song already has, which is, you know, by the ocean. So, so there's waves. Um, and so, so often these are going to be synth parts. I, I personally really like to do a, a combo of a little bit of synth, um, and then really reverby guitars, electric guitars. Um, I just like the way it sounds. Uh, I'm a piano guy at heart. Um, but, uh, so as far as atmospheres, I just, there's something about, guitar atmospheres that I just, I just really like, and they're more interesting to me than keyboard ones. Um, but other examples would be, you know, maybe a violin part that's way in the background that you have a ton of reverb on, or like I said, ocean waves, you know, so, so just sound effects from the world. Maybe, maybe it's birds chirping, you know, whatever it is, just something that is, is clearly way in the background. Um, so to me, those filler parts and those atmospheres, that's really what's going to separate you from the other local bands or local artists and really make 
your stuff, even though it might be recorded in your basement or in your dorm, is really going to still make your stuff one step closer to really sounding professional. Thanks for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 proven ways to start writing a song at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.